Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. Hi, I'm fucking back. <laughs> I'm fucking sad. Justin Jones. <laughs> and we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to discuss the shocking third episode of season four of the HBO award-winning series Succession. And, you know, usually I start out with like our overall thoughts, but let's just get into it. R.I.P. Logan Roy. I can't believe they killed Logan Roy in episode three of the final season. George, you're back for the first time in a long time. What are your thoughts on that? I have so many. I felt so many emotions yesterday watching this show. Like I kept thinking it was like a bad, like a it was a, a fucked up joke that Logan was playing on his kids or something. I felt like I was laughing, like nervous laughing the entire time. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, is this shit real? And then when they show his face, I'm like, fuck, it's real. It, it, this show has made me feel so many emotions, and I've enjoyed every minute of this show, every season of this show, and. I think it was great. I, I don't I know I talked to Frank earlier and we were talking about uh he, he's not happy how Logan died or whatever, but I really don't give a shit. Like he died it's it's it, he died, dude. Like it, death is unexpected. You can die any second. So I mean I, I wasn't mad at it. Like I'm just I just want them to finish it off strong and see what happens and how they tie in and end it with the kids and and see if they take over or if they all betray each other. Like that's what I'm excited to see. And I fucking love the show. Yeah, no, it was great. So, Frank, what are your thoughts? George gave us some of your thoughts, but what are your thoughts on the death? The death doesn't bother me. Um, before I go into this diatribe about this about this episode, um, I need to preface by saying this. I like watching talented people do talented shit. So, like, when I watch a basketball game, I see Steph going for 40. I want to see the story on there in front of my eyes. I don't want to see Steph going a nine zero run. Then I get I, I get a transcript two uh, hour later. By the way, Steph scored forty five, but it, they didn't show the story. Like I like seeing shit acted out. I like seeing actors act. Um, part of what made me love Game of Thrones so much was like the artistry of like seeing the story within the death, seeing you know everything going from like Ned being framed for doing something he he he, he didn't he didn't he was he was being framed for a crime he didn't commit to the store of him going to the chopping block and getting his head chopped off. You know, it was it, they just, just the artistry of it. Um, the artistry of Tony Stark's, you know, rise and downfall as an Avenger. Like I enjoy watching the story and, um, for a guy of Logan's magnitude to pretty much die off screen. Um, and I get it. I, I get what the directors are trying to do. Death is a death is a morbid and yet oftentimes, um off scripted thing like it happens it's why people try to have closure or struggle not getting closure when when death is sudden i get it this is not real life i want to i want to see niggas act i want to i i i want to see logan roy looking and i I think he died in the bathroom he had a heart attack in the bathroom or something it would have been so beautiful to see because the last time he he spoke to his kids was the, the breakdown of, of, the, of the deal with Madison and like telling them that they're not serious and be, beautiful ending to the episode uh, the week before last. If right. he had a, if he had a, like a, a, a simple awareness moment looking to the mirror and realizing that, Hey, I'm Logan Roy. I'm this, I'm this bigger than life figure who has succeeded in every facet of life, but my family's in fucking shambles. If he's staring himself in the mirror and just realized that how, how him coming to agreement, I'm like, 
man, maybe I did fail as a father and then having, having a heart attack. That would have made sense to me. But to have this bigger life figure, um, I think two scenes later, two scenes early on, on the phone with with Roman telling them what you need to do with Jerry and all this kind of stuff to Austin be on the floor um, in this obscure arena of him being dead. It just, it left a lot of, it left a lot of unsatisfactory feelings for me. Um, the kids did a great job. I mean, as far as like seeing the kids deal, deal with the death, mm-hmm. it was, it was beautiful. I, I was, I was on my edge of the seat, but as far as the death itself of Logan Roy, I was left very unsatisfied. Tristan, what do you think? The complete opposite. Uh, <laughs> um, for two points for me, one, I think Logan's death, the way that Logan's death was depicted was the only way it could have been done. Uh, and that's one, like, and the reason why it's really point number two is just that this show has never, ever, ever, ever been about Logan Roy, right? This show has always been about the kids and how they react to Logan and his, you know, his bouts of power, like the times where he's weak, the times where he, you know, doesn't look like himself, the time where he's cruel, the time where he's like, you know, mistakenly loving, like all these things. It's, it's always been about Logan being a son and the, and the show is really about like how everybody revolves around Logan. So his death, like literally people are revolved around him. Like he's on the ground, people are moving there, drafting statements there, you know, He's getting heart compressions. Like the kids, like last night's episode was about how the kids were reacting in the moment. And so we can see how they're going to react going forward. Right. This show is called Succession. <laughs> it's like, that means it, somebody has to succeed something. Like this show has always been about the kids. So I thought Logan's, I, I thought the depiction of Logan's death was perfect. Right. Like to see, from like Frank said, like one moment he's on the phone barking instructions, like planning out this, you know, new corporate path for, for ATN, for, for Waystar. And then very moment, like he's gone. Like, and that's just kind of how it happens, especially when you're an 84, 85 year old uh, who has had health issues literally from episode one, yep. you know what I'm saying? So like, this is, it's been foreshadowed from the beginning. Um, like the, the, the panic attacks, the the UTIs, the the stroke he had, like all these things have happened suddenly. It hasn't been like this. Oh, like, like it's not you know like the Shakespeare play where we kind of see like the main protagonist, you know, give this this long monologue about you know their life and, and their regrets and such, and then they croak. Like this is not what it is. What we the thing that I think you're looking for, Frank, is what we saw in the first two episodes where he's contemplating life and contemplating, you know, his own mortality with Colin in the diner or, or hearing like these, how his children like really feel about him and like those last moments at the karaoke club, that was the, the lead up to his death that we needed and that we got. Like, I just, I've never thought this, the show was gonna give us like this grandiose uh, ending to Logan's character. So I thought it was perfect, right? But it just crystallized what we saw the rest of that episode masterfully from those kids and everybody else was just how are you, how does Logan's life and death, you know, affect the behavior and mindsets and, you know, self-esteem and, and you know, feelings about love and life of the, of the characters around. And that's what we got. We got one of the best hours of television. I feel like we've saying that a lot, like, you know, Yeah, but it's true though. You know, it really is true though. We we've just been we've had a lot of great stuff lately. 
I mean, I, I just I just think that TV shows are upping the bar. Yeah. Right? And, and and really seeing what's worked in the past, what hasn't worked in the past. And we're getting like some, we're getting, uh, I think we're entering or we've, we've been in like this prime era of television. Um, and last night submitted, you know, his bid for like one of the best hours of television, television we've seen in the last few years and really this generation. Like that was amazing. We talk about acting. Shiv, um, Shiv, Kendall, and uh, Roman put up like warriors, like Katie, Steph, and Clay numbers. Like that, that was that was amazing acting, amazing performances. Yeah, no, the acting was great as always, and you know this was a this is a big moment in not only the show's history but I think like TV history. You know, I I don't know if y'all saw this, but the LA Times read a ran a fake obituary for Logan Roy, like in their on their website it's just like i mean i read it it was well done and everything but it's just like that's how like culturally important this show has become um but yeah i mean you think about it like we we've mentioned here that to me it's not a surprise that he died because like like tristan said the first episode of the series he was in the hospital you know basically on death's death's door you know like he was right there and he just kind of was able to persevere for the other, you know, the remaining three or four seasons. So it's not a surprise that he died. I, I, you know, and then in episode one of this season, he was very introspective and talking about, you know, life after death or if there's life after death or whatever. And, and, you know, you kind of see it coming. And I think most shows would have killed him off in the final episode or the ninth episode. That would have been very game of Thrones, like to kill him off in the penultimate episode, but for them to like kill him in episode three of season, you know, the final season, we still have seven episodes left. That's what was so shocking to me. It's like, wow, they're really doing this right now. And I think that the surprise of it made it succession. You know, this is this kind of show where like, like uh, George said, like, you know, this is like real life. You don't know when people are going to die. People, a lot of times people just die and there's no preparing for it. You don't get to see these great, you know, scenes from these, these people. They just, they just drop dead on a plane in the bathroom or whatever. But, uh, and the brilliant part of that is for me, yeah, uh, I know George talked about all the different feelings. Like I felt whatever the kids were feeling. Like I was scrambling. Like, is he dead? Do you think he's really dead? Like, is this a test? Like, is he? You know, is he gonna wake up and you know fuck off or some shit like that? Like, I I kept waiting for that, and then you you know, it's this emotional progression. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you just get to acceptance. Like, I mean, I'm I'm sitting next to my wife, who's you know registered nurse, and she's like, hey, if you have to you have to do heart compressions for that long. He's dead. And then like my logical brain was like, yeah, that makes sense. But I'm in TV mode. I'm like, well, any moment, like he can get up. Like we've seen him almost die, almost pass out, almost, you know, these things almost happen over the course of three seasons. Um, so yeah, like it, it just took that acceptance. Like, well, yeah, he's dead. And then you start to feel what the kids are feeling. Like, okay, now what's next now? Where do we go from here and such like that? So brilliant. Yeah, I think Kendall wanted to get your wife on a conference call. He was going to have Jess set it up. I love how, like, Kendall goes into full mode, like, you know, we got to get the best doctors and the heart doctor and this guy, and we're all going to make this happen, like, in the next two minutes, and and we'll get into that stuff. But uh, just to kind of put a pin in in the Logan surprise, you know, it's like it was on Easter Sunday. You know, like, talk about, like, the opposite of he has risen. It's like, he gone. You know, like, this guy is done. And, you know, you're right. It's called Succession. And now we get to see with the final seven episodes, we get to see how the kids handle the company in his absence. You know, that we've watched it like 
they, there's not a secession plan, right? So that's it's like it's a free for all for this company and whatever this company becomes, because Logan was never going to give someone the keys to the kingdom. He just wasn't. That just wasn't who he was. He didn't think anybody was worthy, and you know maybe maybe no one was worthy to him anyway. So certainly none of his kids. So now we get to see that. I think the show. I know it sounds crazy. I think the show might even be better. Like now, like because now we know like the end point. We got seven more episodes. He's out of the way. It's all up for grabs. We're going to see people backstabbing. I mean, not that they haven't already, but I think it's going to be bonkers, honestly. So let's get to the... So now you kind of got our reactions to the death. I want to talk about how the kids reacted. Each one, you know, I say kids. They're, they're adults, but the siblings, I guess. And George, I want to ask you. So Roman was the first to learn about it. Yeah. Walk me through kind of like his reaction, maybe compared to Kendall, who he told or he, who, you know, yeah. Kendall was a part of it also, but like it was, like, I think it's kind of fitting that Roman, who seems like he was the closest to his dad, definitely was the he first made, to find out. I yeah. think Roman was a favorite of, of, of Logan. I think, mm-hmm. I think he was the obvious favorite and he was, he didn't know what to do. Like he was in complete shock. Like he was in utter disbelief that this was happening to his dad. Like this was going to be his last moments. He didn't remember if he said, I love you, which I think he did. Did he? I think he said in the beginning of the very first, he said it once. It was confusing because like, obviously in the beginning of the episode, he leaves a voicemail for his dad when his dad's still alive. Yeah. He definitely doesn't say, I love you in that voicemail, which I think he was kind of referencing that too. But go ahead. Yeah. He definitely feels, uh, he feels responsible for his dad's death. I think like he, he feels like maybe the, the voicemail that he left them gave him a heart attack. He, all the things that you go through, you're thinking like, Oh, it's just my fault. Is it, is he, is I, am I the reason that he died or something like that? Everything's just going through his mind. He's going through grief, going through sadness. Like it was already a shitty day for him to begin with. Cause he had to fire Jerry. He didn't want to do that. And that that's already a sad day for him. And then the, uh, the second thing, uh, his dad's not going to go to Connor's wedding. That's another thing kind of bummed him out. And then this, he's just having a shitty day. And he didn't know how to deal with it. It, it just, it's a lot. He tried to vent to Jerry when he was alone in the room with her. And you could see he's trying to, like, reach out to her and tell her everything she's feeling. She's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm out. And she just walked out on him. So, I mean, in fairness to her, he had fired her that's true. earlier in the episode. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. And we'll get into that whole dynamic because I got some questions about that too. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, it was really hard to watch the, I mean, the actors were great, but like to see them, you know, process like that their dad might be actually dying and this is happening in real time, you know, like uh, the, you know, the character Frank, he, he basically, I guess he had Tom call the kids. He tried to call, Shiv, Shiv obviously wasn't answering Tom because of the divorce and what's divorce, happening. Yeah. So Tom ends up getting a hold of of Roman and then Roman and Kendall kind of find out together. And Frank, what was your take on that? Seeing those t- the two brothers learn about the death of their dad and how they're like, you know, oh, we're, we're putting the phone up to his ear so you can say something to him and they're they don't know what to say and I mean Kendall he didn't even, he's like, you know, I can't forgive you. You know, like even, even in this like dying words, to this guy who's probably already gone, he still can't let it go. I think, I think for the brothers, um, really all three, but the brothers is just, it's, it's just a symbiotic relationship of how 
they were show love growing up. Um, even with grief, like these are emotionally dysfunctioned kids. Um, and, and you saw a little bit last season when Kendall came clean with with Shiv and um and Roman about killing killing the kid and like how even even through tragedy, Roman's still cracking jokes. It's like they don't know how to deal with emotions. So, you know, the last time they saw their father is that, you know, the father probably said to me the most insulting thing you can probably say to a child is that you're not serious. You just you're you're ill-equipped to be given this opportunity to run my legacy. And these are the three things that the all three all three of these kids uh, seek, and they don't know how to deal with it because they never had they never had that kind of like love from them. Like Logan's love is condition is very conditional. I'm sure he loves his kids, but when it comes to this business, it's what you can do for me. And I think the way Logan treated them, along with their mother, is how they treated the situation. Like, cause like initially they thought he he was fucking around because the last time they saw him. He 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 was like, you know, y'all, you're not serious. So I think in in turn, they didn't take it serious. And then once they realized that Tom was not, Tom was like, you know, breaking voice on his phone and like not and being emotional himself, they didn't know how to deal with it. Only because they 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 don't know how to deal with loss. Um, every everything is about the business. Um, no matter how bad, whether the kids are beefing with each other, whether it's you know they they, they are with their dad. The bottom line is, is what what is it for business? And um, it tells you a lot that even with in Logan's death, they were on one, on both on, on opposite sides of the fence when it came to ideals of how they want to view this company. So um, the act the acting was was incredible because it, it really showcased that with everything that went on, we think they I mean we we know that they they love their dad, but this is what broken kids look like when it when it comes to a parent dying is that you have so much anguish and 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 trauma in your life you you don't know how to sort through your emotions when when it comes to when it comes to loss so um yeah great job for those for those two guys yeah and, and they're they're kind of forced to you know you know tom puts them on the spot like hey you know say something to your dad he's he's you know he could be this could be it and you know Roman is like, he's like, you're a good dad. You, you did a good job. And you can tell he doesn't, he doesn't believe that he's just trying to say, you'll be okay. Like they're trying to, they're trying to say something and you can tell they don't even believe it. Cause I mean, it's certainly not true. You know, like, Kendall, all, like I said, all, the, all the true feelings came out, right? Like they couldn't right, hide right. Rome, like his belief in his dad making it or false belief in his dad making it was a simple fact that his dad's a monster. And he's so yep. used to seeing exactly. the monster win, winning Shiv, um, or really, it was Kendall next, but Kendall he couldn't. He he was trying to express love, but like he couldn't get it past the "I can't forgive you." Like like those hard feelings are like just there yeah. and ever present. Um, Shiv is just she turned into like the little girl. Like I just daddy, like just please don't go. Like they all kind of retreated into like their adolescent selves in so many different ways, and it, it came out fairly quickly. Like they couldn't even put on a brave face. Like they just don't have, they don't have the experience in it. And the only thing they really have experience in is privilege. And they all kind of, they all kind of went into like different avenues of privilege. Like, you know, Roman and Kendall just kind of yelling at whoever, like, Hey, do this, do that. Like, make sure this is the best thing. Make sure we get the best doctors. And like, yeah, that 
that's as much of a, a failure of Logan and, you know, their mother as anything. It's like they just they don't understand how to be humans in a moment when tragedy happens. Like the only thing they can be is above other people. And what death teaches us is that we all have to answer that call. You know, so we all have to answer that bill at some point. And your privilege won't help. You know what I'm saying? It won't save you. It won't remedy the situation. It won't make you feel better about what's happening, right? Like, all it can do is provide, like, this false bravado that is pointless. Um, another thing, like, again, the, another thing that we really saw from, from the siblings was not just the reaction to Logan's death, because neither of them at, at that moment are accepting or, right, really, you know, understanding the reality of the situation. What we get to see is them grappling with the, the uncertainty of the dad being gone. And I thought that was way more fun, <laughs> right? Like, and again, this is what we get by getting like Logan dying off screen is that we get to see everybody just kind of grapple with, is he, is he not? We see Frank, we see Tom, really is afraid to, to say what they already know is that he's gone, yeah. right? And we see the two older siblings, um, kind of hold hope for a little bit, but eventually like all of all the signs kind of point to it. And Rome's the last, the baby of the family, obviously. He's literally the last holdout, right? And if we would have if we would have seen Logan dying, everybody on the plane would have seen Logan dying. That episode goes completely differently. Now it's like, oh he's gone. And then they are they automatically go to business. Like, okay, let's put out the statement, let's do this, such and such. And we I, I think we don't get a ton of the emotional Kind of reticence that really shaped the better part of the episode. <laughs> like so, that was it. Was very interesting to see how they handled that situation in a moment because it's, it's absolutely going to um, inform how they're going to handle the you know proceeding uh, the proceedings uh, after Logan's death and what's happening with the Gojo sale. And, it's happening with PGM and, and all these different things. The board is convenient. Like, who's going to be on top and, you know, how is it going to work going forward? So, brilliant. I know, I know Tristan gave Shiv the MVP of this episode. Um, my MVP was Tom. Um, and the reason I say that because Tom is grappling with his, he's grappling with his stature, his position in his family. He's, he's, he's going through the proceedings of a divorce. He knows he knows that in one form or fashion he's being severed, and Logan was the one, the one pinnacle of like, he was the glue to be able to stick, to keep Tom in the fold, and with all that going on in Tom's head, to be the Jim Nance of 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 the play by play what's going on, on that plane, that's a tough position to be in. Hello, friend. Because because emotionally you're 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 wondering you're. Your position as family while giving the most damning of news being pretty much the grand reaper of bad news to the family that might not be your family much longer and tom is a guy he stutters he's very uncertain of himself he's hesitant never had i heard tom more confidence than him relating to the to the family to kindle to 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 shiv and to to roman that look your father's not breathing he's He's pretty much dead, um, and for that for that moment for for Tom to be of, of most certain of being the messenger of 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 relaying bad news, even like and we we see Tom throughout this this series, 
you know, trying to trying to get the bad news about you know um, about Carrie not being good and the the, the bad news about Waystar and the amusement parks, the filings and all that kind of stuff. For this moment, for him to be as certain as as, as he can about the the big the 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 major the picture of this family, I thought was brilliant. Well, and it kind of it kind of hints at what it's likely gonna it looks like what's gonna happen. Whereas you know the the old guard of Jerry and Frank and uh, let's see the guy's name uh, Carl Carl yeah and 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 then you have Carolina and you know now possibly Tom they're going to be pitted against Shiv and Kendall and Roman for control of this company so that's you know Tom is kind of in a way stepping up you know like in his in his own kind of awkward Tom way but you know, as he, he tells Greg, when he tells Greg about the death of Logan, he's like, look, I've lost my protector. And, you know, it's, it's really, and everyone in this episode makes it very important for them to, to, you know, to try to keep their position. They want everyone to know that, Hey, like I want to be listed on the, on the, on the statement or, Hey, let people know that I was with him when he died and I was by his side. And it was, you know, the, the jockeying for position, just because Logan's died, that, I mean, it's the opposite. Not it doesn't stop. It's kicked into high gear. Now it's a total free for all for that top spot. It just sounded like people were just trying to get their book deals in order. Like, look, I was there when Logan died. Please put me on the docket so I can write this book deal. Tell my story. Yeah, tell my story. My my the the man, the myth, the legend, the guy I know as Logan Roy. Like that's what it sounded like with all these people that were on the plane. Real quick on time though, before we. Uh... Transition, but like it reminded me of what Ewan said to Greg uh, early in season three. But it's like why he took him off his inheritance. And it's like you just got to take yourself more seriously. And what Logan's death is going to do is it's going to force certain characters to like take themselves seriously outside of the lens of say Logan as their protector. Like everybody on that plane was there because Logan wanted them there. Right. And like and everybody's going to have to figure out how to survive and move up and increase their position without the anchor of Logan uh, on both sides, really, the, the, the old guard and the new. Exactly. George, what are your thoughts on the old guard as, as while Logan is literally dead 10 feet away from them, they're already getting the ball, you know, putting plans in motion to, you know, Hey, we've got to, we've got to yeah. let, let the market know that they have confidence in us. His longtime confidants are here. And we want to be in the statement. Meanwhile, of course, the kids, they want to have their names out there too. Yeah. They have the, they actually have the Roy name. What'd you think about that kind of I mean, I, I don't blame them. They gotta, they gotta look out for themselves and shit. Everybody, it's everybody, everybody for themselves. So they know the kids are out to try and take over this company. They're trying to get ahead of it and be try and be in control. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's gonna be the kids versus them and them trying to take take over the company and, and see what happens. And that's what I'm excited to see. Like my ideal ending for this show would be that like the kids get to take over and everybody like they have a successful company. They do the merger the with uh, Matson and all that. And that'd be ideal for me. But I know that's not going to happen on this fucking show. I feel like there's going to be betrayal and some shit's going to happen. There always is. And I'm excited for it. So I just want to, I don't know. I, I just want to, I, I want to get your guys' ideal ending for, for this show. 
Frank, why don't you go first? <sighs> my, my idea was Logan right out to the sunset and just and still run this company in the last episode. I don't, I have no faith in any of these kids. Like, um, I know in the first episode <laughs> of this season, uh, I had Greg's my dark horse. I've had, I've had Greg as my, my guy, the guy that I think makes leaps and bounds. Because uh, to me, he's the most, he's the most mature, I guess, out of the out of out of the the Roy kids. I mean, you know, he's a cousin. Um, I just have no faith in these kids, man. I, I I don't. And I think even with Logan's death now, they're gonna be even more frazzled and more scatterbrained. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kenna goes through another uh, drug induced binge like this is a big loss and i don't know if these kids are mature enough um to handle this and i it could be one of those things where also the board might might, might take over because i don't know if logan had a will i don't know if logan had a chance oh, of command sure. of like what to do um and because like typically why companies have such uh have boards is that if case something happens if if he's incapacitated or he's in a coma the board runs everything so, so I have a question. In the in the first season when he had that heart attack and shit, the what what was on his will? Like if he would have died, Kendall would have took over, right? No, he didn't. He, he never he never named a successor. He never did. That's it was it was the board like the board ran everything. Like Hugo and Jerry and uh, I think I don't know. I know Frank was fired. I don't know if Frank was fired at that point when when Logan was sick. But like the board ran everything. He didn't have. Okay. He never named. He never named a successor. Um, document wise, yeah. But, but correct me if I'm wrong, but all all these people are on the board, right? Or most of them are on the board, right? Yeah. All the kids are on the board. Stewie yeah. and, and uh, uh, what's his Sandy? She's on the board, you know, for her but, dad. But like, they, but they each have percentage percentage way in the. No, the I board. know, but I mean, so. you know, like five board seats are you know Sandy, Stewie, Shiv, Roy, uh, Shiv, Roman, and uh, Kendall, right? So that that's, and then obviously I I don't know. If, I guess Frank and I don't, I don't think Frank and Carl are on the board, but I, I'm not sure, honestly, but because uh, they mentioned the board a couple of times. But I mean, the board is made up by no Frank. No, Frank is on the board. because I remember Kendall was trying to get his vote um, okay. in season one. Uh, I don't know about Carl, but yeah, Frank's on the board. Um, Carl's on the board, too. Carl's on the board, too. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think the board is they're the they're the benefactor of Logan's death because and I mean, including the kids. Everything has to come to a vote. So whether or not they decide to sell the company to Madison after all, it still has to come down to a vote with the board. Because there's, there's no Logan never named a successor. So yeah. Hey, just let me pause real quick. Uh, I want to shout out to the people in the chat. We've got Marcy and we've got uh Trish, the Texas Botterhead. And Marcy had something in, that she put in there that I wanted to comment on about how in the companion podcast to the episode, Brian Cox was was one of the guests, and he mentioned that, you know. Yes, in the in the in the episode, Logan Roy dies off screen. He's like, you know, we never really see him die. So he's he was saying like in his, in his own head, his head canon, like maybe mm. he's still alive. But <laughs> no, we know he's definitely nope. dead. He he's, did. Not, he's not coming back. He's not like, I mean, he's he's Logan. He's not Wolverine. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not gonna like you know. I got, I got, powers I got one and, question for y'all. Like, how, how did did y'all see the look on uh what what's what's her name's face uh the chick he was smashing. Carrie, Harry, Harry. Did y'all see the the look of face when she got out of there? I I know like she was in shock and everything, but she also looked guilty to me, dude. Like she did something like did she kill him. I don't know. Maybe they were trying to join the mile. Maybe I don't know. 
Oh, that's a good that's a good point. I mean, imagine like you're you're joining my high club and you kill Logan Roy. That is a good I did not even think about that. That that could be that could be I don't know. She just looked guilty. She looked like like, dude, did I just do this? Or I don't know. (laughs) There was a dead body there, but I'm just saying. But what's funny about it too is that they didn't want her part of the, the strategy plan either. Yeah. Well, so, they want to cut out as many people as possible. Yeah. yeah exactly. so, so I don't know. Maybe Carrie did fuck him and he died. And like, they just so, they're just so pissed about it. They're like, look, we don't need you involved. We'll figure this shit out on our, on our own. Carrie, go in the bag. We'll, we'll figure in what we decide to do later. I, I doubt it. Um, I think on one end, I, I doubt it very seriously. Well, <laughs> they also say that Logan was in the bathroom by himself. Um, you can lie about that, though. Well, I don't think they're joining the Maha Club in front of, I mean, like, 20 other people on this planet. Hey, he's Logan Roy. He could, he could do what he wants. Yeah. Also, but I um, I think they, they will cut Carrie out of like the response and stuff. One, because she's clearly in shock and clearly needed to go lay the fuck down somewhere. Um, and two, as we said, like that little old guard is just consolidating, not necessarily power, but narrative message and stuff like that. And I don't think anybody sees Carrie as like consequential to anything. Yeah. What do y'all think is gonna happen to her then? Because she was on Logan's side like a confidant, and she lost her. Oh, this brings. So I um, actually wanted to comment on one of Marcy's comments, um, where she says that uh, Tom thought of Logan as his protector, and none of his kids described him that way. Yeah. Um, his kids had the benefit of like delusion of thinking that they they would be protected, and, and that's mm-hmm. why I, any little morsel or crumb that Logan would give them, they would take it. Like, oh, you were my favorite. You're like, um, I just got through watching um, the scene with um, Logan, Kendall, and, and Josh on, Jen, on Josh's little private island or resort or whatever. Mm. And at the table, and Logan, you know, just kind of cooks up this whole thing. Like, you know, maybe he's always been the one. Maybe he is my favorite. All these things. Yeah. Kendall was like already struggling whether to believe it or not believe it. He really wants to believe it. He, can, he absolutely wants. You could tell on his face he wants to believe it. Same with Chill. Whenever like Logan gives her, you know, calls her pinky or tells her like, "Hey, it's always been you. It's always been you. You're the best one." All like they're they're all looking for some type of um, protection from him, some type of ironclad protection, and he never really truly gives it to him. Tom, yeah, Tom, because he's not one of those kids, and his relationship with Logan is strictly business. I think it's easier for him to have that delusion of this is my protector. And maybe Logan was his protector. Like yeah. Tom obviously did some um, beneficial things for Logan mm-hmm. uh, against his own kids, but his that position was always dependent on Logan, like living. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think everybody's in outside of like Sandy Stewie, like the people who are directly in opposition to Logan. Everybody else's position is fraught as as fuck. Yeah. Uh, the Texas Potterhead had a comment about Marsha. And I, I think, I mean, hopefully the next step, well, you know what? Okay. The next episode should be the funeral, but I don't think it's going to be the funeral because also in that interview, Brian Cox mentioned that from his understanding, season four, every episode is a day, is a day in their lives. So maybe the funeral isn't until like maybe episode seven or something. Who knows? But because, uh, you know, so far we've, last episode was the day before. Now, this was Connor's wedding. I forgot to mention that's the name of the, the episode's titled Connor's wedding. We haven't really talked about that part. We will in a little bit, but uh, 
it will be interesting to see in the with the funeral whenever that is because you're going to have i would assume marcia comes back into the into the picture we're going to have his, the the first wife who or you know uh shiv kindle and roman's mother who's you know lives in the uk she'll be back so that'll be a I, i'm already gonna call it. that's gonna be a classic episode that funeral if there there's got to be a funeral episode so i can't fucking wait bro i love the mother dog not as a mom, just as a just as a character. Like, a character, yeah. If, it, if it's Rome, if Romans, if Romans the North Pole of my favorite, my favorite places to go, the mother in her mind and where and what she's gonna say next, and like just the like her ideology is my is the South Pole. Like, I, I love her so fucking much. She's instant gold every time she's on TV. Like it's it's one of those things where she might be one of the most brilliant parental villains in TV history. Like she's she's incredible. And the and, and, and the lack of like just nurturing and lack of awareness of that she is a mom is is just amazing to me. Yeah, no, I think it's gonna be fun to see her her back with the especially like given her history with Logan. But then she did kind of side with Logan, right? At the end of last season. So, kind of. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So uh absolutely sorry Logan. And we the kids haven't, to our knowledge, they haven't seen her since what happened at the end of season three. So uh that'll be interesting also. So let, let's talk a little bit about, about Connor and Willa. So the episode is about their wedding. And you know, even before Logan died, there was no chance in hell he was gonna be at that wedding. He was like, No, he's like, Well, you know, and then Connor's like, Oh yeah, maybe he'll pop by. It's like, dude, he's not gonna be here, you can tell. Connor is like fixated on the cake. And we learned that the reason why he is so worried about the cake is because he, he considers it a loony cake because whenever his mother, his first, whenever his mom, Logan's first wife was sent away to the quote unquote funny farm or to mental health care, they gave him cake and he ate cake for a week to like, I guess, cope with his mom being That's fucking sad, dude. taken away. <laughs> and so he's, he's worried about the cake. And then of course he finds out about his dad dying. And, you know, he, he has one of the most real reactions right away. And he says, look, he never, he never even liked me, you know, like, <laughs> and then, then he catches himself because his siblings are, they're, they're, you know, pretty busted up because of what happened. And he goes, no, 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 he, he loved me or whatever. Like he, you know, I never really gave him a, the opportunity to be proud of me, which that's also a very true statement given uh, the life he's, he's led and, you know, his failure and everything and including his presidential run which by the way there's going to be a presidential election in the last seven episodes of this show so this is like he's they're gonna just ramping. <laughs> i don't think he's gonna win he's gonna win but they're he's just gonna, ramping he's gonna sway it, it yeah so we get to uh you know after after you know uh connor finds out about his dad's death he goes to will and he's like so we gotta cancel the wedding right you know but but again they can't tell people why because they don't want the word to get out that Logan Roy's dead because of fear that it'll tank the, the stock price, which does happen whenever word does come out that he, you know, that that's, uh, that's also kind of a sub part of this episode is how no one wants to, no one knows, no, no one knows what to do because that's just kind of the people they are, you know, they're, they're people who they're not really doers. They're, they're the people in charge and they're kind of micromanagers in a lot of ways. And now someone has to step up and make the decision and no one is, you know, they all kind of want to be the person, but do they really want it? You know, do they really want to do the work? And uh, it's not clear that they do. And so, you know, 
his wedding is obviously caught in the middle of this where they can't say like we're canceling the wedding because my dad died. They have to find a way to postpone it or, you know, whatever. And Connor's talking to Will and he's like, look, if we, if we cancel it or if we, if we put it off, everyone's going to think that you ran away, you know? And then he's even like, Hey, like, you know, do you even want to do this? You know, like it, I don't know, George, what do you think about the whole uh, Connor Willa in this episode? Dude, that's just depressing, bro. <laughs> I feel I feel bad for the man. Like he he clearly like he loves this woman, but she's she loves him in a way, <laughs> I guess. But it's it's not a hundred. It, it's not even fucking fifty percent there. I think. And I mean, we see in the end they end up getting married. So, I mean, if you're that girl, like, why would you give up? Like this guy's family's fucking loaded. Like. I don't know. What do y'all think? Yeah, no, I, it's 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 one of those things where you know, like like you mentioned, they're talking about me canceling, and then she says, "Look, I, you know," he's like, "Do you just want to be with me for my money?" And he, she's like, "Hey, money's a thing, but it's not but, necessarily the only thing." She's like, "You know," and she, but she basically says, "Like, hey, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna walk today, at least." And makes a joke about it, and then we see them get married at the end. Because they talked about how you know maybe something good can come out of something bad, right? I think that is the most honest romantic relationship we've seen on that show. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I think she had every moment there to be like, "Hey, I, you know, I'm only doing this for the money. I don't really love it. We can do go through this anyway." Or she had a chance to run in that moment, right? I think they, Connor and Willa. I, I've said like I'm, I'm rooting for Connor, for Connor and Willa um, because it is a honest transactional relationship she he provides security and that's kind of what she needs the most i don't like we don't know anything about Willow. we don't really know how much she's dependent on love like we we just know that from the moment that they've gotten together you know it's under the you know pretense of her being a call girl so on and so forth but there had to be some i'm sure connor had you know solicited other call girls prior to willa like it had to be something about willa that attached him to her like we don't we don't know what that is um maybe he saw somebody who like you said needed that security he could provide it and you know hook line sinker whatever connor like it's, it's funny what he said last episode about not needing love and so on and so forth like he clearly needs it yeah right and it, it, it's it's a life love and it's something he's never received and it's something he's never because when you don't receive love or you receive a lack of it it's hard to understand how to dispense love, right? And for all Connor's like harebrained schemes, ideas, just general way of living, um, the, the place where he's most deficient at is with Willa and like learning how to be secure and be safe for her in a different type of way and not just monetarily, right? Um, but the, again, those are lessons that you learn from seeing healthy, loving relationships between parents, grandparents, siblings, whoever. Um, and he's never gotten that. So while, again, on one hand, I do kind of admire the honesty in their relationship and like their willingness to kind of sit down and say, hey, what is this, right? Do you want this for me? Do you want this for that? Like just the, the, the courage it takes to ask that when you're already suffering from low self-esteem because you, you don't really receive a steady diet of love, so I, I I admire Connor for being able to ask that. I admire Willa for like being truthful in the way that she answered that. But 
we can't deny the fact that that's another relationship that's probably setting itself up for failure later because of just the different like developmental things and, and prerequisite things that you need for a healthy relationship. But I thought that was a very interesting window into like the only honest relationship, honestly, that we see, like the, the closest thing we, we get to like another honest relationship is honestly Tom and Greg, <laughs> right? Like that's the closest we get to seeing a relationship with two people come to it with a, a general understanding of what the other person wants and kind of go from there. So I'm rooting for Tom, uh, not Tom, I'm rooting for Willa and Connor um, with the understanding that there's probably like a 30% success rate of that, their relationship going forward. Yeah, they, they got married toward the end of the episode where not very many people left on the boat. You know, they're on the yacht. Obviously, Logan had died on the plane. You know, it's this typical like where they're all over the place, the boats and planes and the super wealthy just bouncing around the world in the most lavish way possible. And also think um, of this, like Willa married him with the understanding that his biggest financial like rock is gone and she still went through it. So, right. But, he's still, but he, he's still rich though. Like he'd still he, work hundreds still, of millions of dollars. Like it's not like, yeah, the dad is gone, but like he's not destitute, you know? Yeah, but you also don't have the same assurances that he's going to continue to always be rich and wealthy at the same at the same rate, like right. or that the status that come, came with being Logan Roy's son is going to remain there, right? So yeah, he's gonna be rich, but like a lot of people are rich for a time, you know what I'm saying? With Logan still going with some type of succession plan or with, with these deals going through, he was gonna be like rich forever, <laughs> like wealthy forever. So. Yeah, but let, let's say because he had a hundred million dollars to fuck off, right? Or like up before two. So let's say they get divorced and like she walks with forty five million. She's that's still a lifetime of money that she will, that she she's set regardless. Like the minute she says I do, whether whether or not Logan's alive or not, she's yeah. set regardless. That that's like well, then it becomes money versus status because having forty five million, like if you're Willa having forty five million, you won. Like having four million, you won. Yeah. But also like. A lot of people, when they marry rich, it's not just for the money. It's for, like, the status and the perks and the stuff that comes with it. And for as we see it now, we don't know how secure those things are. You know what I'm saying? And she doesn't know. Like, I, I again, like you said, she's not destitute. Connor's not destitute. Nobody's starving. Yeah. But it is interesting that she still went through with, with that marriage, with the understanding that everything that's happening afterwards is, at, at the very least, unpredictable. But what? But what's the alternative? Her going back to her starving artist life of trying to be a failed screenplay writer, like Mary Connor, whether or not Logan's alive or not, is is the apple of her eye. That's that's the winning. That's the winning pinnacle. Then the option of just being a, a call girl and like trying to find your next nut. There's a lot of potential for a lifetime of misery, like <laughs> rich misery. <laughs> no, those things matter. <laughs> And, and and I guess I'm saying this from the standpoint like I don't look I don't I'm not one to marry for money I think that's I think that's a miserable prison in itself but um, I don't know if status is her thing because I know she she had aspirations of being a, a a Steven Spielberg type screenplay writer that, that and kind of had the resources to fund her projects so I think for her it was more of so like I have the resources to like hit my dreams of being this big time screenwriter more than just the status of being a Roy. Yeah, good point. So, George, what are your thoughts on on the whole the 
or what did you think about, you know, you're obviously a photographer, you're an artist in a way. Did you notice how whenever, you know, before the, before they got married, Connor said, Hey, maybe something good can come out of something bad talking about, you know, them getting married on the day that his dad dies. Mm-hmm. And whenever they had their wedding in front of like literally just a handful of people, like half the sky is like dark and cloudy, maybe stormy. And then the other half was like kind of there was light. So there was like good and the bad. Did yeah, you notice that? Did you the the yeah. skyline was dark and then the, the right side of it was a little brighter. Yeah. I, I mentioned that because there's a lot of symbolism. And Tristan, you actually brought up something today that I had not heard that in the promo for Succession season four, there is an image with that, you know, shows you know, all the characters. And then there's a reflection from the building, which is kind of like the background that that you see behind some of us. And there's a plane at the top of that, in that reflection. And I didn't even notice it, but that's obviously a reference to Logan dying on the plane. Right. It's also interesting. uh, I think we go back and just kind of look at the, those promos to see how the, the way that the characters are positioned. Yeah. Um, um, I'm sure there's some some other symbolism there. Um, I haven't gone through and I've seen other people like on Twitter go through and like, oh, Greg is standing here. This means this, and I I've I've, I've lived through like the Game of Thrones promos, <laughs> and I'm too old for that shit now. <laughs> so like, whatever happens is gonna happen. But I, I think it'd be pretty interesting to look at like the positioning and kind of draw some conclusions from there too. Yeah. So from from. From Connor and Connor and Willa to another kind of weird relationship. Let's let's talk about uh, Jerry and Roman. They had they had an interesting arc in this episode. At the beginning, when Logan's still alive, he tells Roman that uh, you know, hey, he wants him to come with him to uh, to see Matson for this deal. And but first, he wants him to fire Jerry because you know he didn't like what she did with the working with the Department of Justice on the the cruise lines deal and. Uh, so it's it's now Roman's task to fire Jerry, who of course is he has this kind of awkward, strange relationship. So he fires her. Just do me a favor. So uh, drag my memory up. So yep. they get they he, he gets charged by Congress about about the sexual misconduct on the cruise line. Yeah, they're it, implicated it, in, because there's there's so much wrongdoing within the company that they get hit with a. With a fine, basically. Did they talk about the? Did they talk about the number? I can't remember last season. Did they talk about the numbers per se? Like, what, what were the the, the, the DOJ? What they, what they got fined with, and what Jerry agreed to? I don't remember. I'm sure they did specify. I've actually talked about it. Tristan, you, you may have some insight. Um, I'm halfway through in season three. Okay. Uh, rewatch. So Rewatching. Like, uh, okay. To the end of it, maybe tonight I'll report back. But gotcha. I don't remember a, a definitive number now. I mean, that's what Logan says is the reason to fire her. But I think a lot of it is, I mean, he's kind of impulsive. And also, as you remember in the last episode, you know, Jerry was the one to say, hey, maybe you should meet with Matson for this photo op. And and Logan took that as like, oh, you're already switching sides and you're not loyal to me. And so your disloyalty, that's probably the biggest reason why he cut her out is for that. And also, like what happened with Roman with the dick pic stuck? Stuff from uh, that's, from season three. We first start floating the idea of getting rid of Jerry at the end of season three. With yeah. Roman, so, so that's just kind of a continuation of that. But so we see, you know, Roman has you know has to fire. He doesn't really want to. He does it like in his own way. It's very strange. 
she's of course pissed off. It happens at this wedding. And then she, you know, she goes off with her date. And then obviously later on, you know, Roman or in the middle of this, Logan obviously dies. And so she finds out about it. She comes to kind of console the family. You know, it's a very kind of weird situation. Just everything is so awkward. I keep saying that, but it, it is really between all those characters. But I wanted to ask y'all specifically, there's a there's a part, and I think I think George, I think you referenced this earlier in the, in our show. There's a part toward the end where Jerry is in one of the cabins by herself and Roman shows up and he kind of like he kind of starts like seems like he's like sharing his feelings with her. Yeah, it's been there or trying to. Okay. I, I've rewatched this a couple of times, and I'm not really sure like is he try is he really trying to like like connect with her on an emotional level or is he trying to hook up with her in his own weird way? Because like know, the, the be way both. that plays out is strange. Could be both. Yeah. He's he's fucking weird. So yeah, he has mommy issues. I think he was trying to vent her in some way, but also maybe hitting on her at the same time. Who knows? Yeah, you never know what's going on. Yeah, he he like he's like you know I I'm feeling real sad. But the way he says it's very he's like you know I'm I'm feeling real sad and you know he kind of like, like he wants to sad. yeah right exactly. Frank, do you have any thoughts on that scene or? <laughs> 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 sorry um yeah I, I think so roman is, is he's he's sexually he's a he's a sexual deviant who can't go through the act because of his vomit issues i don't think that was him coming on the jerry i think that was just him again lacking the emotional the emotional bone of like being able to grieve and um and that's just him being Roman. Like I, I, I don't think, I don't think Roman is even sexually attracted to Jerry. I think I, I just think it's more of so like, it's a twisted motherly figure that what she represents. yeah, what she represents and what he's lacking in in his life as well. Um, you know, with his with the issues of his own mother. So no, I don't think it was sexual at all. I, I, I think it's from a. I think if anything, it's a superiority. It's like being subservient to, to a superior figure. That you know, lack of a better term, is, it represents what he's lacking with his mom. Mom, I I didn't think in the moment that he was like it was anything sexual either. I did think it was something worse, which was just like sociopathy. Like not even maybe an hour before that, like he fired her in in like the most like kind of astonishing way. Like no emotion, like no understanding of like his own role and like uh, making things difficult difficult for her, uh, you know, by sending the dick pics, like just the continuous uh, lack of boundaries and stuff like that. He couldn't see it when, it, when it, you know, when he and Jerry were alone in that cabin, he couldn't understand or even begin to think about the fact that, no, she cannot be there for you in your time of need because of the things that you have done to like make her life more difficult, or at least make her work life more difficult. Um, yeah, that's that's worse than like using sadness as a vehicle for like your sexual, you know, misgivings and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, like that just again, Roman's one of my favorite characters, but like that just made me lose even more respect for him as like a person. But, like you just fired her. You couldn't even like do the decency of like doing it later after a wedding, like in a more in a better position, like you just 
spit the shit out, you know what I'm saying? And, and then, yeah. and it, again, it, it kind of parallels because when he's, you know, in this indirectly firing her, he's also like, like, yeah, you can clearly see, like, I'm obviously like, I'm sad about this. And so like, you know, and like at the end, he's trying to like, I think he's really trying to tell her I'm sad, but it, it sounds the same as he did the first time, you know what I'm saying? There's no human emotion behind it because like Frank said, he doesn't, he has like not clue the first on how to uh, display real, genuine, sincere human emotion. Uh, and she sees through that and she leaves him high and dry the same way he kind of leaves her high and dry. Um, and he, that's just something he's going to have to deal with. If I, George, you asked this earlier, like what's my ideal ending for this show? I don't really have one because I think these are all horrible people. So like, I don't root for any of them to like win in any shape, form or fashion with the understanding that somebody's going to win in some type of capacity. My ideal uh, ending for this show is the kids being forced to, they'll never learn how to live without privilege, but like learn how to tap into at least some of the human emotions that they need to be like be fully developed people. Because I think the real story of this show is that their wealth and privilege and lack of parental guidance has led them to be like the next generation of monster that they despise in their father and their mother. So that's my, that's what I want to happen. Probably won't happen, but I'm going to But also too, George and Tristan, we've seen, how many times in history have we seen empires fall? The ending could be the, uh, I seen an empire fall, the Roman empire, the gang, the, the gang, the Mongolian empire, the, you know, the Vanderbilt empire in the 1800s, JP Morgan and Chase, like, it, that could be the that could be the ending. It could be the end of seeing the empire that lasted for as long as it has just fall with lack of leadership and and lack of foresight and planning by by its leader who is now gone. Like we, it that's what makes stories so tragic. Like power yeah. power doesn't, doesn't last forever. You know, it, it, the, that's why empire, the warriors empire will continue though. <laughs> <laughs> But all great things come to an end, and like this could be this could be a chapter of a of a of a of an end of a of a of an American of an American power story that has lasted for you know four or five that'd decades. Be, that'd be interesting, Frank. I would I wouldn't be mad at it. Like well, I would be kind of mad. I'd be like, seriously, y'all tried this fucking hard and y'all still failed. Like I mean, maybe that's the fucking wake up lesson. <laughs> that's the lesson they need. The life lesson they need is to fail. Yeah. I could see this, like, I mean, I don't think this is going to happen unless there were like multiple, you know, more seasons down the road. But I think it would be interesting to see the, you know, they're very interested in media companies that they all kind of got their own media company and had to compete against each other. That would be kind of interesting. I could see that happen, Jay. That shit wouldn't last. All these kids are degenerates. They have, well, they have a business heavy bone in their bodies. <laughs> well, it's like we always talk about, like, they're, they haven't really done anything. Like, Every time they've talked about doing something, whenever they found an easier, flashier way, you know, an easy way to get out of it or a flashier name, brand or whatever to glom onto, they did that. So I don't think they would ever do that, but I think that would be interesting to see with these characters. And, you know, Frank, you mentioned earlier about Cousin Greg being like your dark horse. And I really think that like there's something to Cousin Greg. Like, do I think he's going to be like the guy in charge at the end? No, I don't think so. But like there's something to that guy, you know, like he, he's like, as we saw in this episode, he comes in after he finds out about the death and he's trying to like, you know, talk to the, 
talk to the siblings and try to like weave his way in. You know, he wants to make sure that he knows that, you know, he wants them to know that, you know, yep, I'm a part of the family and I'm grieving also. And, you know, this is a, this is a tough time for all of us. And he's, he's trying to like, he's trying to keep his name in there too. I want to see Greg finesse, like just keep finessing his way to the, to, to some for like, like, cause he, I think he's going to fucking bail on Tom now. Cause I don't think Tom's going to be able to help him anymore. So he's going to cling to the family. And I just want to see what he can do. But we also have, we also have, Greg has a chip, a power, a power chip in his pocket that people seem to forget. Um, and that's Logan's, that's Logan's brother, Greg Hirsch. Like Greg Hirsch might play a major role in the, in the, in the general, cause I, I'm not sure how big Greg, uh, Greg Hirsch is. Um, uh, is it Greg Hirsch? Yeah, I think he's Greg Hirsch. Senior, no. Ewing. You, is Ewing Ewing Hirsch? Ewing. Okay, Ewing, yeah, Ewing, uh, Logan's brother. Like he might he might play a major role in 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 determining Greg's value, um, in this company moving forward. Because you know Ewing had a Ewing has a big a big percentage of his company as well on the board, so he could play a major role in like getting Greg into power. And 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 if not, I'm not saying he, Greg Greg would be the main leader, but but having. Yeah, a, are they still on talking terms? Because he doesn't fucking like them. They're not. Oh, to my, to my Ewing and Greg, his grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah. So his grandpa disowned him as far as he his, all his money away. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, but I'm saying that, but I'm saying the death of Logan could bring him back into the fold, though. Mm. Like it's, it's gonna I change. Him. I don't see him helping them, dude, at all. I, I wouldn't put him. I wouldn't put him past him because I you never know. Him. Like I think he's a fuck. I think he thinks his his nephew, like his grandson, is a fucking idiot. He does. <laughs> he basically told again. He basically told him the same thing Logan told his kids. Was like you're unserious. Um, when he told him I'm, I'm donating all my money to Greenpeace, and Greg was like, "What about my part?" And he was like, "That was the first part." <laughs> well, basically, he was like, but Greg was like, "Why?" He was like, he in a sense was like, "You are unserious, and you need to take yourself more seriously." Like he said that in our quote, like you need to take more serious, just take yourself more seriously. And that is a message that while being told to Greg could apply to every other under 50 person in the show. You know what I'm saying? Shiv, Kendall, Roman, Tom, like they all need to learn to take themselves more seriously, which is why none of them in the course of an episode can complete a fucking sentence without stuttering through it. Like they have no conviction in the things that they're saying because they are always looking for approval. They don't have expertise in the things that they're talking about. And they expect for like their name and like these buzzwords and their privilege to like get them through these doors and stuff like, and what happens when you get into a room with other people with privilege who know what they're talking about? Like, then what? Like, what do you have outside of your name and outside of like this lifetime of wealth? And they just simply don't have it. So. Again, there's a reason none of them were named successors because nobody has confidence in any of them. Not just Logan, but shit, the board, uh, the old guard, like Jerry, Carl, Frank, Hugo, none of these people have confidence in them. Carolina, none of them have confidence in them. Stewie said, like, nobody, like the public, the general public, that nobody has confidence in them um, because they see a, a public version of them where we get to see privately. Uh, through these characters, like they, none of them are to be taken seriously at this point, and I think that's what the, the these last seven episodes will be the fight for them to be taken seriously 
towards each other from you know through each other and the people around uh who are going to be running that company going forward but right now as it stands especially with especially with Logan's death they have even less of a standing than they did you know before he, he died and that's that sucks man it's always boo. yeah you know <laughs> life has always been on their terms and that's because of who their dad is or was now their dad's gone so it's going to be really interesting to see how they navigate life without him because you know they've all had their own issues and they've always kind of had daddy to fall back on whether they liked it or not and now they don't and you know in this episode i did want to point out there there's a part where they're not sure when to you know when to they can never make a decision right but especially like hey when do we announce that he's dead and then of course roman's saying like well, we don't know if he's officially dead we need someone to medically say he's dead you don't want you don't say somebody's dead if they're not dead that's not nice that's what he says you know and they're trying to determine what to do and and you know shiv kind of floats the idea of, well you know can the plane can the plane stay up there for a walk and they can they maybe circle around or something and it's like that was so fucking stupid too. I know. It's like she's like, I, I have a headache. I'm trying to figure this out. Can they just maybe give us, you know, give us five? They're always giving five and taking five or whatever to, you know, five minutes to talk about something. And, and I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad Kendall said what he said at that point because like, yeah, you you're, you're asking you're asking the pilot and the cabinet on that plane to circle around with a dead cold body yeah. on that plane. If that ever came out <laughs> publicly, and Kim made a good point, like. What we do here from here on out will for always be remembered. Yeah. And if they find out, and perception's everything. If they find out that we're trying to hide something, or or, or we're depicted as cold siblings towards us being angry towards our father, it's not. It's, it's going to ruin the company's image forever. And I'm glad Kendall came out and said that shit because I was dumb as fuck. Like, why would you think that that'd be a good idea to circle around the wagons in the air while dead bodies on is on the plane? Because like, my time with the dead body. Go ahead, Every, like literally everything they said was dumb as fuck. And yeah, like, oh, dumb. I was like, Nick, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, like, and, and, and the longer you, the longer you, you do that, the more chances of it leaking out, like it did. At this, when they have nothing left, they just kind of start thinking, what would, what would Logan say, right? Like they just, you know, through my rewatch, I'm kind of noticing like how they parried a lot of his sayings, like action stations. You know, they're like, yeah, somebody yeah. says action station. You hear Logan once, and then like it just kind of sprinkles itself in or you know kendall telling hugo to fuck off like hey go fuck off and go do this it's like the way they use it is you can kind of see them all of them in a way slowly turning into Logan. um and it, it's it's amazing to watch in the moment but it's so depressing because like they spent their entire lives resenting him and in times of tragedy when the bullets start flying you you become who you always meant to be right? or who you always are and they are Logan Roy acolytes at best. And it's just it's just super cringy. Again, I think I mentioned it last week too. Um, with the kids, like they've they've been so emotionally abused by their father and their mother all their lives that they know nothing but to like trample other people's position and and like talk down to people because they've been talked down their whole life. So like when you when you see Roman tells you go to fuck off when you when you when you uh, have Ken on the phone trying to bat trying to tell the pilot what to do and uh in that situation is like it's like it, it's a walking reminder that these kids are so ill-equipped and they're so quick to like disrespect people who think who they think are beneath them 
and it's and oftentimes for me it's cringy to watch because for me I try to treat people the way I want to be treated throughout life. So when I see people just go out the way to like use a position to down talk people, it's so hard to watch for me. It's very very demeaning to see on 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 air, and these kids do it with like such reckless abandonment. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And you know, I, I want to f- now get to the end of with the, the press conference when they decide they decide like, okay, we're going to make the statement. And because there was, you know, the old guard wanted to kind of they wanted to be the one to to uh, you know kind of craft the statement. And the kids determined, no, 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 we're going to do that. So they're at the airport. Whenever Logan's plane lands, we see Logan's dead body. Roman actually goes to see his dad's body, whereas. Uh, Shiv and Kendall do not. Um, but at the press conference, Shiv reads the statement, announces that Logan's dead. And she says, uh, you know, I'm not taking any questions. Of course, the media, the, the, one of the members of the press fires out a question about, hey, what's your future in this? What what, what do y'all plan to do? And she says, you know, we intend to be there. You know, we're, we're going to shepherd this company through whatever its future is. I thought that was pretty telling that even in that moment where like she had to get her word in, they, they still like, they have to keep their names out there, even in a moment where you're saying, "Hey, respect our privacy." Our dad just died. You know, the the country and the world has lost this titan of industry, and we've lost our, our dearly beloved dad. And you know, please, no questions. And you know, we're, this is not a time for business. But then the second business is mentioned, they have to go. Hey, by the way, don't forget, we're still involved, and we're you know, because she could have just walked away. She didn't have to say something. George, you have any thoughts on that? That stock price uh, dropped immediately as soon as you said right. that. George, you have any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, no, yeah, you're. Uh, uh, I think you're right, Jay. It's just they did. She didn't have to say anything, yeah. but I mean, Shiv had to answer for the family, I guess, and that she did what she thought was right. Shiv is wild to me too, because like Shiv. Shiv was like a PR person for like a political candidate, and she comes off as most inexperienced sometimes when it comes to like damage control. Um, well, I see, I, I think it's I think it's honestly one of those things where it's it's not that she's inexperienced. I think that she it's an opportunity in front of everybody to go. We're still here, like we're we're we have the Roy name, and so don't be fooled by these other people who maybe are coming for the throne. We've got the crown. You know what I'm saying? It was like she she just had to say it. She had to because it was an opportunity. I mean, yeah, to me it's it's probably not the time or place, but she had she had she felt like she had to do it just to keep their names out there. I I mean, I guess I mean the the, the new syndicate is gonna gonna spin it however they want to spin it, regardless she said it or not. But I mean, it, it was it was ego. It's all about ego and and trying to you know create a narrative but at the end of the day is the noose and the kids are going to say what they want to say now now that the king is dead so yeah fair so this was not a you know with logan dying this was not the the funniest episode of succession ever but there were still some funny lines and i was i was going to m- mention a couple of them maybe y'all have some y'all want to throw in there but i did like at the very beginning when uh when logan is still alive uh tom is talking to greg as uh, Tom is prepared to go off and go to Sweden with Logan on this, this flight. That was my favorite and, part of that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Greg's like, Hey, do you need me to come with you? And 
Tom's like, no, he's like, Logan doesn't want you. You know, he's like, you're, you're, you're on his bad list. He's like, he finds, he finds you visually aggravating. <laughs> thought that was funny. I thought it was funny when, uh, when, uh, then Tom is like, he's like, don't worry about it. I've got, I've got three or four other people who are gregging for me. He's like, I got a couple of, you know, greglets, mini gregs. And then Greg's like, he's like, Hey, he's like, don't make me into a word. I'm a guy. <laughs> like, he's like, who are these little Gregs that are, you're keeping around? Like, I I thought that their conversation, like they they have the best back and forth chemistry. Those yeah. two characters, I think. I love the, uh, we'll do Reagan with tweaks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, so Kendall, they're talking about their dad's funeral and like Kendall, of course, he has to be the coolest guy in the room has to like, they have to do the fanciest thing. And he's like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put a funeral together. You know, we'll, we'll get a funeral off the rack. You know, we, we'll just do like Reagan with some tweaks. It's like, you know, re- referencing like president Reagan's like very like public funeral. It's just like, God, this guy, he never, he never stops. Did, did you have any funny lines that you can think of uh, Frank from this episode? Just Roman, man. Anytime Roman spoke, it was just uncomfortable and like just even like with his dad dead, like how he how he was trying to, you know, cope with his family and his siblings. And like it was, it was just very awkward. Like it's it was it was as funny as it was equally uncomfortable to watch. Um, yeah. Like they even console each other weird. Like it's the weirdest thing. Like I don't know how. And and, and I, I rewound it a few like four or five times a piece every time they were on the phone with their dad or I mean with the corpse and like talking to Tom, they just look robotic as fuck. <laughs> I don't, I don't. And like, even, even when they're sad, it looks, it looks disingenuous. <laughs> I don't like, and I think, I think the truest, the truest scene was like Kendall saying, I don't forgive you. Even in death, I don't forgive you. Like, it's, it's like, that's how he truly feels. And like, I get it. Like, uh, well, I don't get it because my, my mother loves me, but I don't, it's it's almost tough to see like humble brag. <laughs> yeah, it's almost tough to see like uh, um the the result of not being loved by your parents, and it's it's very it's very very tough. And I I I, I had this feeling the last time I um when I watched Game of Thrones with Theon and, and and his biological father, how he treated him. It's like that. It's like as a kid when, when you're a result of like growing up without love. And you try to show you try to show emotion. It's just it's always going to look cringy. And they do a great job of like looking, making like uncomfortable situations look cringy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, them learning the. the, the, We've talked about this, but them learning about the death. I mean, I I was uncomfortable watching them because like you're, they they act the acting is so spot on, and they're they know these characters so well that it is uncomfortable to watch them. You know, they're crying and they like you don't see the these characters show a lot of emotion or, or and obviously this is a terrible moment in their life their dad died so it's that was like it was really like there's a lot of tension in that for you know i don't know what was it, like 30 or 40 minutes in the middle of the episode where that's like the main focus and it um from from all i've read and heard the way they shot this episode was pretty crazy it was kind of like a almost like a wonder where they just kind of ran with it it was like one take i mean they, they did it several times but it was you know like a 20 minute scene that could just continued and all these moving parts and going up and down stairs and they're you know this yacht and all over the place like it sounds like it was a pretty extensive uh shoot and a pretty crazy day 
So it took them two weeks to, uh, to film this one-off scene, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it, I mean, the show is just so, so crazy. Um, let's get final thoughts for the episode. George, what, what, what's like your final takeaway for this episode? Maybe what do you expect to see in the next episode? Um, I'm expecting next episode, they got to fix this Matson deal and try and figure out what the fuck's going to happen. If they're going to merge or not, if they're going to buy Pierce or they, all three of them are going to have to work together and figure this shit out. Cause if they want to get in, get this company be in charge and shit, they're, they're going to have to be serious people and get shit done. Yeah, they got to be serious. Hey, hey, Frank. Uh, final thoughts for you. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see that the, at the math, like George said, of, of like the sale if it does happen. Like typically, when the head of a company dies um, and there's no plan in place for succession, um, pretty much the company plummets in value. And I wonder if Madison's gonna use that to his advantage of like trying to buy it, trying to buy a company pennies on the dollar now. Now that it doesn't have direction, it doesn't have a leader now. Um, so I want to I want to see how that what that looks like. And um, I mean, I get you all guys and all you guys on the agreements of like how y'all yeah how y'all viewed the death and y'all thought it was poetic. I want to see Brian Cox acted out on screen of him dying. I, I would have loved to see that. I like Brian Cox is like to, to, to me, he's like one of the acting royalties of our time, and I just feel like I got stolen. The, I got stolen a moment to see him. On screen and his and his final, his final his final moments as Logan Roy. So that that brings me to another little quick question here. Do you do we think this is the last time we've seen Brian Cox on the show? Meaning, do you think there's any chance of a flashback or maybe there's a dream? One of the siblings dreams about their dad or something. Do, do y'all think there's any chance we see him again? Uh, not not in that capacity. I don't think so. I don't no. think this is the kind of show that would use a flashback or anything if they haven't introduced it now. I, it'd be pretty stupid to bring it back. I don't know. I can't think of them doing that. Yeah. Unless if, it, if he's in the coffin, that's the only time we'll see him. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you. I think you. You keep in the uh, finality of of his character. You try to bring him back in flashbacks and uh, mirage scenes and like you know. Kids seeing the father, he's not really there. I think you kind of cheapen the death if you do that. So I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're seeing him again. Nor do I think we should. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. So Tristan, I'm gonna give you the final word. What, what's your final thoughts on this, and what do you expect to see next week? Uh, for me, I thought it was interesting that the last thing that we see in this episode is Kendall uh, and like his emotional rippling of uh, Logan's death, seeing a body come down. Uh, the plane steps. Um, so I wonder if there's going to be m- more of a focus on like him and how he's handling it and how he's either evolving or devolving from it. And then I'm also thinking about like Shiv and Tom. Like, does this kind of going back to what Connor said about something bad or something good coming from something bad? When Shiv really like, kind of really needed it the most. Like she kept turning the tongue um, for like that emotional security. You know, when they get, um, before they leave, she asked Tom like, hey, come run it um, by me again, what happened and so on and so forth. And I think she was really just using that as an excuse to be close to him um, because as much improvement as, you know, her and her siblings have made in the emotional department, 
the emotional connection department, there's only but so much they can kind of provide. And Tom, who's not the most emotional person either, at least is more advanced than they are. And I think that provides more of an emotional security blanket for her. So does that, you know, hopefully maybe lead to some type of reconciliation, maybe a more healthy relationship going forward, whether they get back together or not. Um, those are the things I'm, I, I'm looking for in the immediate uh, term. Long term is obviously what is the board going to do? And what are, what are the battle lines going to look like as far as, you know, different sides? Um, which side is Greg going to be on? Is Tom, you know, kind of wavering between uh, different sides? So that's what I'm looking forward to. I have zero, I, I have zero predictions about how the season's going to end up zero. And they, they, they threw me for a loop uh, like they did everybody else. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone would predict they would have killed Logan Roy in episode three. So certainly not me we shall see what happens in the final seven episodes of succession so now you know what we think about the episode we want to know what you think about it there's one way you can, well there's many ways you can do that first of all you can do what uh marcy and the texas potter have done today join us for our live live chats we appreciate your questions and comments uh we love having like extra people take part in the show so and also if you're watching this now on youtube watching this now or later do us a favor hit that like button subscribe we've got so much coming up believe me we've got like two pods a week until like mid-june maybe even further there's so much stuff on the way we're gonna finish out succession we've got guardians volume three is coming in less than a month we're gonna be doing rewatches of guardians one guardians two we've got the mandalorian season review coming up uh in a few weeks we've got more harry potter we're back on the harry potter train we're doing harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban this wednesday me and Brittany and amber we're back for that one We've got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, or I'm sorry, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part one. That trailer dropped last week. We're going to do a rewatch of into the Spider-Verse before that. We've got all kinds of good stuff. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. So that way you'll, uh, you won't miss any of this, this great stuff we have coming your way. Also we're on social media. You can follow us there. We're at watchers basement. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Again, uh, we're on all three platforms. And whenever you, uh, you know, post your message on social media, be sure to use the hashtag watchers basement. We appreciate that. So that's what we got for you. So, so, uh, you know, we're headed to, uh, headed for episode four. So for, uh, for George, George, thanks for returning, by the way, good, good to have you back on the show. I've been, I've been busy. It's, it's nice to be back. Yeah. We, we hope you hope you join us for uh, more succession, maybe some more stuff down the road. That'd be awesome. For sure. Yeah. So thanks to George, thanks to Frank, thanks to Tristan. I'm Justin. Have a uh, have a good night. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Do we have the